screen. Oh, there we go. Hey. What's up? What's up? How's everyone doing? It's the Martin and Pod, Martin and Jacob podcast yet again here for the fifth week in a row. This is episode five here in the beautiful Radio Dixie headquarters in their podcast room being broadcast on Podbean. You said fifth week in a row? Fifth week, man. This is episode it does, five. Wow. It's already been five weeks. Yes, man. Five, Sweet. Five weeks in into this, man. Listen, we got a lot to cover today. Today, we're going to be covering the NFL. We're going to talk about Week 10 scores. We got to talk about a rumor that's going around. Cam Newton to the Chicago Bears. Of course. Did Involves you, both of our teams. Did you predict something that may have happened before anybody else? We'll talk about that. Also, Colin Kaepernick is taking the field for the first time in three years tomorrow in Atlanta for 13 teams we got to talk about that coming up here. Of course. Then we got to talk about 11 picks. And as I'm looking through my paperwork here, what else do we got to talk about? Oh. The NBA. We do got to talk about the NBA, but I'm talking about the NFL. We got we to gotta discuss this coaching hot seat, man. We're getting close to the end of the season. What three coaches you believe that are on the hot seat this very minute that might be fired at the end of the season? We're going to be talking about that. To the NBA. We got to talk about some scores from last night. Good basketball games on last night for Thursday. We're going to go over the schedule that's coming up this weekend. Good games for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. PJ 13 came back last night. Actually, no. Yeah, came back, came back last night. He played really well. We'll talk about that. What does that mean for the Clippers? What does that mean for the conference, though? That is a bigger story for me. DeMar DeRozan, man, this story went out a couple days ago. It's starting to heat up a little bit more. He might get traded to the Orlando Magic. There's two things I think we should look at that. And then Colin, I mean, not Colin. Oh, my God, Jacob. I'm sorry. Jacob, we got to talk about the Knicks. We got to talk about your boy. Your boy. Who's my boy? Carmelo Anthony is back. Yes. Carmelo Anthony's back in the NBA. We got to talk about that. Coming up in and coming up in the NBA college football, we'll go over the playoff rankings. We'll go over our top ten, top six. Did you believe this will be the question? Did you believe Joe Burrow won that Heisman in the Alabama game? We'll talk about that, and then we'll look at some of the big time college football games coming up. That's all coming up here on the Martin and Jacob podcast. Let's start with the NFL first. Let's walk into it. That means you gotta feel good tonight, Monday night. He did what? He well, did what? I know what Martin did. He created an amazing intro for NFL and NBA segments. Thank you, thank you. We're going to get to the NBA segment one as well. We'll get into that soundbite coming up here in a few minutes. Thank can't you wait very, for it. Can't, thank you very much. I appreciate the, the, the gratitude for it, man. I just, you know what? It's something I'm good at. I thought it was a good idea to add it to our show. It's a good way to open the segments, not just be like, hey, we're talking about the NFL. Let's just dive right into it. Like, those were some great clips you had in there. My favorite one by far was the, he did what? <laughs> did you, if you don't know that game, that's the Monday night Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers game where Freeman caught off the butt of the defensive back cornerback. They were going down. Brett Favre threw a bad pass. Freeman caught it off of his buttocks and it grabbed it, was not ruled down, and it ran into the end zone. And Al Michaels has that great signal at the end of it. He did what? There's so many great plays and great announcer moments that you could have picked, but you picked some great ones. I tried to. I, I had to get Derek Thomas in there. Derek Thomas is one of my top 10 favorite players of all time. Rest in peace to him. Obviously, I had to get Payne Manny and, and Tom Brady. The last set one for Reggie Wayne, that's um, Payne Manning in the Super Bowl, the one for Tom Brady that was against the San Francisco 49ers. I had to get the 1981 catch from Joe Montana to win the NFC Championship game. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had to go with some good ones in there. And then, of course, we got Randy Moss to lead it off, man. You got to feel good. It's Monday night. You know, you got to get Randy Moss in there, man. You got to, man. All right, let's dive into the NFL here. Jacob, I want to hear you first from this, man, because I feel like you got a, you got a good list compared to mine, but nonetheless, our lists are good. Jacob, what three coaches do you have on the hot seat? On the hot seat, gonna get fired at the end of the season. Pink My slips. three coaches. Your three coaches. All right. My three coaches are 
Vic Vangio of the Denver Broncos, Adam Gase of the New York Jets, and Jason Garrett. And so I'm going to jump into these. So for Vic Vangio of the Broncos, it's his first it's his first year head coaching in the NFL. It's his first job. A three and six record so far. Now, is that terrible for a first year coach? No, not necessarily, but let's look into it. They have a great defense. Von Miller is everywhere. Now they don't really have much of a quarterback, and their offense is completely lacking. I watch games and it's the fourth quarter and I turn it on and the Broncos are stuck at 13 points, 17 points. They're not getting anywhere on offense. They can have this great defense, but they can't do anything with it. And it starts at the top. You can look at the OC, but I think it has to do with this coach, man. And looking at the division, how can you let the Oakland Raiders be ahead of you in this division? If they finish last, if the Broncos finish last, which I think they will, they for sure need to get rid of Vangio. For Adam Gase, have you heard Stephen A. talk about Adam Gase? I have. So when Adam Gase first got hired, and when I looked him up today, his profile picture makes him look creepy and drugged. He doesn't motivate his players at all. That's not surprising. They have a 2-7 and seven record. And before the season started, I was thinking, okay, they might make a playoff push because Darnold is in his second year. And now you have Le'Veon Bell. That that pairing should be at least something on offense. And it has been nothing. Le'Veon's been in trade rumors. Darnold's not having the best season. He's having a better season than he did his rookie year. But regardless, Adam Gase needs to go, man. And then who's he, here's who I really think needs to get hot to fired. Ooh. Jason Garrett. And it's not for the same reason as the other two guys. His team's not completely trash, but for as amount for the amount of talent you have on a team and then how the team performs, Jason Garrett is the worst coach in the NFL. People have came out and said the Cowboys have the most talented roster in the league from top to bottom. They finished 8 and 8 three straight years choking the last game of the season all three times when they could have made the playoffs. So this team, year in and year out, seems to have Super Bowl expectations. This year, above all the other years, this is, was their best chance by far, and they're sitting at 5-4. and four. Jason Garrett kind of just sits on the sideline. It's kind of like a joke. He just claps his hand, and he's holding back the potential of his team. His offense... For crying out loud, how Zeke, Dak, and Amari, and a great O-line. But yet they're not. What are they doing? As well as a defense with Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, Lawrence, and now even Michael Bennett. They got to get more stops. They're tied with the Eagles, and they have a harder schedule for the rest of the season than the Eagles. And based off how the playoff picture is looking, it's looking like Minnesota and the Seahawks are easily going to take those wild card spots. And both of those teams may have 11, 11 wins, 10, 11 wins. So the wild card in the NFC is going to be tough. You have to win your division if you're the Cowboys to get in. And I think Jason Garrett is holding this team back more than any other team in the NFL. So I agree with two of your coaches. I agree okay. with two of them. Who, who did you agree with? I agree with Vic Fangio and I agreed with Jason Garrett. And my third coach, I have to add Freddie Kitchens into the conversation. Of course. I knew you would probably take Kitchens, so. That's a fair assessment. With with Vic Fangio, he, you, you, you alluded to some great points, and let me dive into those a little bit more. Right. His defensive ranking numbers, they're 15th against the rush, they're 4th against the pass, and they're 5th in total. This is, this is without their second best rusher. Uh, Bradley Chubb, who's out for the season with an injury. Yep. That is amazing. A first-year head coach, they had a great defense last year, which was ranked sixth, and you go take him to be fifth? Man, you're doing a great job on the defense. Vic Fangio is a defensive-minded coach. But that offense, 27th total, 16th in rush, and 28th in the pass. I love 
Philip Lindsay, his brother Ted Lindsay, plays for Colorado State Pueblo, who came and played us earlier in the year against Dixie State wow. and just ran wild on us. But to rely solely on Philip Lindsay to lead the charge is not the way it's you want. It's irresponsible. It's not the way you want to go. You can't drive him to the ground. He's your best player on offense. I, I mean, honestly, I can't think of any better players. And this all comes back to one person. Vic Fangio is the head coach, and it all falls on him. This comes back to John Elway. John Elway, I don't know what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball, man. He he rides that coattail of, I got Peyton Manny. I got a Super Bowl out of it. We did great things. And he's like, he can't see the writing on the wall is that you have failed at the quarterback. You haven't found a quarterback since Peyton Manning. Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Joe Flacco. And now you and you, you even threw in Paxton Lynch, who you drafted, was a bust, who's on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster as a backup. All these guys, it feels like he went up and got them when he could have maybe dropped back and got someone else better. And and now I, I can't remember the guy they're throwing in now. Uh, they, Drew Locke. Now they're throwing Drew Locke into the fire, and I don't know if he's ready either, and he might become a bust. To me, they're just... They they don't know they 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 don't know how to get their own foot out of their mouth. You traded Emmanuel Sanders away. You had Vontae Davis in there. You just you had Demarius Thomas. You had Julius Thomas. You had so much. When talent. you when you trade away a guy like Sanders, does it become obvious that the direction of the franchise is to not win games? Yes, it's totally in the yeah. direction of like yeah, this is over. I think with this upcoming draft, who we, the quarterbacks coming out, Burrow. Joe Burrow, is Tua, 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 Tua's coming out. Tua's coming out. You have Herbert. You have so there's right off of that. There's three, th- there's three guys who could probably go into the league and start right away. You think? Oh yeah. So I've, there's three. There's three starters. The Broncos need to get one of them. At least one of them. I'll, ju- I'll I'll jump into Freddie Kitchens here in a second because after what happened last night, we got to talk about that just in, in a couple of seconds mm-hmm. here. But Jason Garrett, Coach Clap. Like, seriously, dude, I have never met a coach more un- enthusiastic than Coach Clapp on the sidelines. <laughs> like, you are not wrong. Three straight seasons, he went 8-8 eight and eight and failed to win the final game to make the playoffs. And then they get a really good team. And then they lose, and they draft Ezekiel Elliott, and then they get that team back. And then Tony Romo goes out with an injury. Dak Prescott takes over. They go to the playoffs. They lose. And then they take a step back again. And now they come back to... You know, you know what's so funny? Sorry to interrupt you. But as you're telling this story, it feels like magical things keep happening to kind of keep Garrett's spot in place. Like, they went 8-8 eight and eight those years. And then Dak just fell into their hands that they stole. And then Zeke just... Zeke was a great uh, prospect, but they they were able to get him because they had such a poor year one year. And then um, they like robbed Amari, and and they have all these defensive guys. Uh, Jalen Smith, he had probably one of the worst knee injuries in all of college football history. People were very scared to take him, and looking now, he would probably be a top five, ten pick in his draft. And Easily, he, and they just snagged him. He and just the just the thing is, and to allude to this, and I think the connection is this, and you have to kind of dive into the history of this as well. Jimmy Johnson was their best coach in the last twenty seven in the last For thirty sure. years. You For had sure. Tom Landry, then you had Jimmy Johnson, and then you went through a, a sort amount of coaches. Do you know before you and me were conceived, they won a Super Bowl. They won in ninety five. I was born in ninety six. You were born in '99. Yep. They haven't they they haven't been to the conference championship since '95. It has been 25 years since they sniff that that glorious postseason true playoffs. They keep coming up short year after year after year and year. And this is the sad part. We say Jason Garrett should be on the hot seat, but he won't be. He won't get fired because that's Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones loves a puppet. He does not want to have a class with Jimmy Johnson again where Jimmy Johnson was like, wait a minute, I made all these decisions. But Jerry Jones wants to be the owner that says, hey, we made these decisions. He didn't want to share the the share the growth, and Jimmy Johnson was mad about that, and that's why he said, you know what, I'm going to leave. Jimmy Johnson won championships at Miami before coming to the Cowboys. They won championships together with Jerry at the Cowboys, and then once Jimmy left, has Jerry won a championship 
No. No. So we see who's the problem. We we definitely see who the problem is. Now, let me jump into Freddie Kitchens here. After what happened last night, we got to dive in even more into this. Have at it, bro. Dude, did you watch that game last night? I didn't watch the game, but I saw the highlight. I I was watching the game and I was board hopping for uh, ESPN 97.7. Shout out to ESPN 97.7. Shout out. So I had uh, Devin Dixon and McGurdy calling the Pineview and Park City game last night. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a little update on that. Park City moved on to the state championship game. They're expecting either Dixie or Skyview tonight. Is that? That's 4A, correct? I'm not 100% sure. Because I was was going and looking and in my high school that I went to, Orem, we won 51 to 14 in our um, semifinal game up at the U at Rice Eccles. And I think we're now in the championship game. And if we win that one, we'll be a three-peat. Congratulations to you, you. Congratulations on your school. But so I had to call the game. I was watching the game last night. It mm-hmm. was sloppy. And I think this was the most absurdly dis- disgusting. This was the worst game of the season so far. There were so many penalties. Right. In the, there were so many penalties in these games. There were so many turnovers. There was two concussions for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> there was an ejection by the by the Steelers corner by the Cleveland Browns cornerback. That was uh, Ward. Ward got ejected from the game. Miles Garrett got ejected from the game after that fight with Mason Rudolph. Rudolph got hit on his own head with his own helmet after Garrett ripped it off. Mike Pouncey got ejected for throwing punches, and the suspensions came down today. Both Cleveland. And Pittsburgh were fined two hundred fifty grand by the NFL. Mike Pouncey got three game suspension. Miles Garrett's out for the rest of the season. You and know, you know what caught me off guard is that I don't think I've ever watched an NFL game and seen something like what Miles Garrett did as anything close to like a football play. Like you remember when um, what's his name, Gar- uh, Albert Hainsworth? No. Gronk. Gronk. Gronkowski. Remember when he uh like dove on that Bills player yes, after he yes, got the pick yes, like five yes. seconds after? Yeah. Like that, like there wasn't really an excuse for that, but you can still look at that and say, Okay, that's kind of a football play, like very faintly. Yeah. This was flat out this was something that the Steelers talked about even as something that they could press charges with. That, this was yeah. the farthest this was the closest thing to like actual assault in the NFL game I've this, ever this, seen. This is as close as you can get with assault, assault with a battery or assault with a, with a deadly weapon. This is as close as you can get on the football field with this. And this is why I leave it. This is, this is why I throw it on the front, the, the feet of Freddie Kitchens. You have to go back to last season. Who was the head coach after Hugh Jackson got fired? It was Greg Williams. And if you saw the change in the Cleveland Browns after Hugh Jackson versus Greg Williams, it was discipline. You're Hugh, right. Hugh Jackson let them run wild. He did not care. He was just trying to coach them and just trying to say whatever, right? But now Greg Williams has got these guys in order. They got their ducks in a row. Freddie Kitchens is a great offensive coordinator. He's getting everything ready. Baker Mayfield had a comeback of a season, and it was starting to work. And now you're four and six. You got your best player suspended. You got your team fined two hundred fifty grand. Your butt needs to be fired. And Baker Mayfield said it last night on national television. He's like, this is unexcusable. This is what's going on with this team this season. We're not holding each other accountable. We're doing stupid things. We're costing ourselves football games. It's the rain's on the wall, Freddie. Freddie Kitchens, you're going to get fired at the end of the season. If you make a run at 8-8, you might get your job saved. But right now, I'm not surprised if Freddie Kitchens gets fired. Well said. You can... You can call plays. You can be one of the best play callers in the in the world. But if you can't rally your troops and get them together and get them to believe in each other, then you're not going to win anything. All right, Jacob. I know this touches on both of our teams. I know. This is such a – think about how crazy of a topic this is that it involves both of our teams. It does. And you know what? I'm going to give you credit. I'm going I'm to bow down to you. I, I'm not worthy. We, we, be- we definitely have – different opinions on this so that's why this is such a great but thing to talk about you predicted it you were one of the predictors cam newton might get traded to the chicago bears this offseason i saw the writing on the wall as soon as they as soon as kyle allen started winning a couple games not even because of him i was like oh man they they, they wouldn't move on from cam would they and then it was like more stuff kept coming out oh he's it's not only the foot it's his it's his shoulder, and then it came out that it's highly likely that they do trade him. And to me, this is 
This is blasphemous. Really? This is blasphemous. Please explain. Because never in the history of the Panthers has someone won an MVP. The Panthers this is the first Panthers MVP and Carolina. It's kind of, it's one of the smaller markets and I'm not sure how many fans know this, but Carolina is one of the, it's like the newest team in the league. They came in in 95, 95. And I don't think any team, I think the Texans went from the Oilers to the Texans in the early two thousands. But other than that, they are like the, one of the newest teams. So for this franchise that hasn't really seen much success, how could we just get rid of one of the only, probably the best player in our franchise history? How can we just get rid of him that quickly? And I look at a year like 2015, what were we missing from holding us back from winning the Super Bowl? It was an elite offensive weapon that could do a lot, could score the ball, deep threat downfield, deep threat, short yardage, anything like that. We needed some help on offense. And now we finally have that in Christian McCaffrey. And now you want to get rid of Cam Newton. I understand how player you could look at players and say, okay, you want to get rid of them a little too early than a little too late. That's kind of like the Belichick way where you don't want to have damaged goods, but Carolina's situation is different. I feel like they still have their core nucleus intact. Keekley, McCaffrey, Cam Newton, keep those three guys there, build around those, um, more DJ Moore, he will come along. Their offensive line will come along. Um, Brian Burns, our rookie linebacker, one defensive player of the month, one of these months in the NFL. So we, I think I like our future and I know that we can't reach our potential with Kyle Allen. So I'm looking at this from two different perspectives and I agree with your perspective. Totally. You have Keith Lee, you still have Christian McCaffrey, who's a great running back who built himself. Who's, a, who's honestly on his way up. Like he's, he went from like a good, I guarantee you, 170. He's probably carrying like 210, 215 right now. He bulked up during the offseason and got ready for the workload. He when, knew it. When, you, when you're on your phone and you look at the emoji, the arm flexing emoji, that's Christian McCaffrey. That's Christian. But here's the thing, and I think this is why the Carolina Panthers are trading him. They know they have Cam, they have Christian, and they have Keith Lee. But on offense... You're going to have to decide either Christian or Cam. I don't believe in their heads. They believe they can keep both with an aging quarterback who's got injuries and uh, with a running back who but, who's I, – listen, I, I understand it. And, and a running back who's on the uprise. Do you go with the running back and try to and try to tell Cam, listen, we just need you to be a pocket passer. We don't need you to run anymore. We need you just to stay there and be a Michael Vick. Can he accept that role? If, if he can, then Carolina is perfect for him. But if not, you got to move on from him. I think he can, but could you just imagine a read option with Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton? Like, Cam Newton can stay in the pocket all game long, but when it comes to, like, the last drive of the fourth quarter, run a read option, and you're not going to be able to stop it. Now, for the Chicago Bears. As for I'm the Bears. Wearing, for, uh, as I'm wearing my Chicago Bears jersey today, great Walter Payne, one of the best players in our history. I'm also wearing my OKC Thunder hat for the NBA segment just because I love – um, this hat, but for the Bears, this would be a coin toss as well. And here's why: Cam Newton. So? Cam Newton's health is always going to be a concern, regardless of how many surgeries he gets, no matter how hard he works in the off season. On top of that, Cam Newton, ain't, and I think you would agree with this as well. He's Hollywood. He's big time. He's a superstar. He's yeah. a showman. You got to remember a little bit about Chicago. There's an old saying by Mike Dicka, and he said this, and he got it from actually from George Hallis. Chicago is Grabowski's, which basically means we're the lunch bucket guys. We take our, we go to work, we work, we come home, we put the food on the table. We, you know, okay. we, we, yeah. we're a blue collar city. We're like Pittsburgh. We're, there's not a whole lot of Hollywood in Chicago. It's a blue collar city. It's a, it's a big city, but it's founded on hard work exactly. and construction. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a really close knit city. Like you really, you would be really surprised by plus, that. Plus it's, plus it's super cold. It, it is too. <laughs> so you have to have some grits and guts to live in that weather as well. And I have those grits and guts and I love it. Cam Newton is all about Hollywood. He's all big time. Like the soon as he like steps on the sideline, covers his head with his towel and is sitting by himself. Chicago's not going to accept that. Right. Yeah. He'll, he won't be, Carolina is more quick to embrace someone like that. Chicago has kind of seen a lot more. They 
they're not going to give him Michael Jordan treatment. No, not not a right away. And Michael Jordan was Hollywood, but he was also blue collar as well. And you got to think about this. The, the reason why we wouldn't buy it is because of Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler was so neutral, it bothered the hell out of all of us. It's like, if we win, he's like, eh. If we lose, he's like, eh. We need someone to be like, dude, have some excitement. Like, if we win, like, yes. If That's we what lose. Cam could provide for you guys is that – and also in a loss too, like he's going to be real in a loss. He might, he might pout, but he's going to say what is actually on his mind. And that might encourage some fans. And then in wins, he's going to hype. He's going to hype the hell out of Chicago with some wins. I a hundred percent believe it. All right, let's touch on this. Jacob, we got to touch on Colin Kaepernick real quick coming into the NFL. I know we're going to, we're going to get our picks here in just a, a second here as well, but mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick coming back to the NFL. Report came out yesterday. 13 NFL teams are going to go to the tri- to the tryout on Saturday in Atlanta. Amongst those teams are New England, Carolina, Chicago, Detroit, both New York teams, Atlanta, New Orleans. Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson will lead the tr- will lead the program for the the tryout for Colin Kaepernick. Okay. So I didn't know Carolina was going. Carolina the the so here the Here's how I have to dive into the story. I have to dive it in from two ways. Mm-hmm. Political and sports. Sports-wise, I believe Colin is done. I, I I don't see him coming back. It's been three seasons since he's been out of the league. And you got to remember, he was that great Super Bowl quarterback who took him all the way to the Super Bowl for 49ers. Mm-hmm. But after that, 49ers fell apart. He fell apart. He got benched in his last season. And this is the season where Chicago finished 3-13. and and San Francisco finished two and fourteen, and we traded up in the draft later that year to draft Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, we'll never forget that. Draft. No, we will never forget that draft at all. But he, in that same year, actually in the game against Chicago, that was the second time he got benched that season. Right. So mm-hmm. it's been three seasons since he's been out of the league. Not political, and I don't like putting politics in the sports. I Me hate neither. it. Neither. I it's hate worst. it. It it just it it devours everything about the sports, but. The, the the kneeling part the 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 suing the NFL winning your basically you won your lawsuit they settled on the lawsuit they gave him ten million dollars he's got a contract with Nike he's making money he's getting his message out there why come back to the NFL Jacob why come back to the NFL yeah why because say in fifty years if we're looking back at this or a hundred years and you look at kind of the whole entire civil rights movement, wherever we end up in 150 years, however things look then, Colin Kaepernick will be an icon. He will be a statue if he makes it back into the league. So he'll be viewed in a completely different way, like across like the spectrum of America. You could have some Americans looking at him like, oh, he, he kneeled for the uh, anthem. How, how dare he uh, disrespect our military? And then other people are looking at it like, wow, like he's, he stood up to the NFL. He stood for what he believed in. He did this for Black Lives Matter and or whatever else he did it for. And he was able to come back and fight the NFL and then get back into the league after all those years of being blackballed. I, I, I agree with that. And just, this is just a story where, to me, it's a PR stunt. The NFL NFL is saying, see, listen, we gave him a tryout. We gave him a chance. Here, can we close this book, please? We did everything we could. We made sure he did this and did that, and it didn't work, and then they're going to close the door on this. To me, this is just a PR stunt, and I think it's a really bad spot for the league. Last thing I have to say about this is that Kaepernick is one of the 64 best quarterbacks on the world. There's 32 teams. Each team has a spot for two, maybe three quarterbacks. He should be on a roster. At the end of the day, he should just be on a roster. And I think it's been so long to where time heals all wounds and he should, he should just be back into it. People need to get over it. All right, let's dive into these weeks. We got to dive into week 11. If we want to go over, let's go over week 10 scores real quick. We, we forgot to bring that up. Last week in week 10, the Oakland Raiders beat the Los Angeles Chargers 26 to 24. Chicago beat Detroit 20 to 13. Baltimore beat up on Cincinnati 49 to 13. Cleveland got an escape of a win against Balt- Buffalo 19 to 16. Tennessee beat Kansas City in a wild matchup. That game was 35 to 32. New Orleans got stomped by Atlanta 26 to 9. 
New York in a slugfest against the Giants, 34 to 27. Tampa Bay squeezes out a win over Arizona, 30 to 27. Miami beat Indianapolis. Miami gets their second win of the season, 16 to 12. Green Bay over Carolina, 24 to 16. Pittsburgh over Los Angeles Rams, 17 to 12. Minnesota beat Dallas. Uh, 28 to 24, and then San Francisco and Seattle. What a slugfest that was. What a game that was. 27 to 24. Seattle takes down the last undefeated team. The 72 Miami Dolphins stay undefeated. Jacob, you and I, we got our scores in this this time. You're sitting at 6 and 10. I'm sitting at 11 and 5. Let's get into these week's picks. So I'll make this pretty quick. Go ahead. I only had one correct pick from last week. And it wasn't even the game that I thought I would have gotten right for sure. Baltimore beat, beat Cincinnati 40, 49 to 13. I got that. Kansas City lost to Tennessee. Really? <laughs> really? You had Mahomes back. Tennessee beat him 35 to 32. I had Carolina beating Green Bay. Had to take my team. Wasn't too confident with that pick, but we that was a close game and we had an opportunity to tie it at the end. It looked like Christian McCaffrey kind of got in, but they called him just one yard short. And then Minnesota did beat Dallas. I had Dallas winning that game. And I had Dallas winning that game because I thought it would be better. And it's that loss especially made me it want was- to put Jason Garrett on the hot seat. <laughs> so I'm sitting at one and three, and it looks like I will be buying Martin Dinner at some point. You never After know this you, NFL season. You never know. This week, I'm going with a little bit of tougher matchups because I believe these teams will actually win this week. We'll dive into week 11 picks here. Jacob, you got four right now off the top of your head. Remember, we made this a rule. You got to pick Carolina in every game. And you have to pick Chicago. Chicago. I have to pick Chicago no matter easily, what. Easily. Easily. No problem with that. Carolina is going to definitely beat Atlanta. Atlanta's struggling. Okay. Okay. Looking here. I see a really good game, and I'm going to pick it. New England is beating Philadelphia. Ooh. I like that. I'll go for a battle between two terrible teams, the Jets and the Redskins. Okay. What do you got? I'll take the Redskins. Okay. And for my fourth and final pick, I'm going to go with, what do we got here? I'll take I'll take uh mm, this is tough. I'm gonna take Houston over Baltimore. That's a really good game. That might be the best game of the week. That might Texans be Texans at Ravens. Just oh, yeah. A, Think of the, look at the quarterbacks in that game. Oh yeah. And just to add in one score already in the books for week eleven. Cleveland beat Pittsburgh last night twenty one to seven in such a disastrous game. Just had to add that in there as well. So I have to pick Chicago over Los Angeles. I think that's going to be a good one. That's Sunday night. I am going to take Kansas City over Los Angeles and Mexico. That's one of my games. It's in Mexico? Yeah, it's in Mexico. Monday night in Mexico, man. We're going to be watching them in Mexico City. Estadio Azteca. (laughs) Mexico City. Good Spanish there. I am going to match up. I'm going to take one bad game. I'm going to take Oakland over Cincinnati. And then I'm going to flip. We're going to split one game between each other. Ooh. I'm going to take those? I'm going to take Baltimore over Houston. I like it. It's in Baltimore. It's in Baltimore as well but too. I'm I'm banking on Deshaun Watson saying, "Okay. You you guys think this guy Lamar Jackson is better than me? I have something to say about that." All right, Jacob, we got to dive into this one. Let's dive into the NBA and let's get right into Woo. it.
Another great, another great sound bite there. We're having a lot of fun here. Oh yeah. You know, I just had to create that for the NBA. All right, let's dive into some scores from last night. The NBA was in matchup last night here. Miami took on Cleveland. Miami beat Cleveland 108 to 97. New Orleans took down the mighty Clippers last night, 132 to 127 in that one. Milwaukee took down Chicago, 124 to 115. New York escaped with a win over Dallas. Marquise Morris with the game-winning three-pointer over Kristaps Porzingis in his return to Madison Square Garden, 106 to 103. Phoenix, my sons keep heating it up down in the desert. They win over Atlanta, 126 to 112. And then Denver and Brooklyn in a good matchup last night. Denver comes out with a win, 101 to 893. Those are your scores from last night in the NBA. But let's touch on one game. One game we got to touch on here, and he was the leading scorer, leading scorer last night. Paul George, PG thirteen, PG thirteen. He's back. He is back, man. Had thirty three points, nine rebounds, and just twenty four minutes in a loss. Though they lost one twenty seven to one thirty two. Kawhi didn't play in this game. No, he didn't. I thought I thought that was interesting. I thought they would had they would have had Kawhi and PG on the court when PG came back. I think it was another back to back. Man, man, Kawhi, come on, Kawhi. He's, but not, it, he's not gonna he's not gonna risk it. To me, it almost seems like the question I have now is, I'm not really doubting at all like what they're gonna do as a team, but I'm doubting or questioning. How are they going to manage this load management situation with both PG and Kawhi? I imagine they they will give Paul George some rest days. His shoulder is probably still sore, but um, are they going to? Do you think they should rest them both on the same night, or kind of alternate like they did last night, where maybe PG plays on a night and then Kawhi plays on another night? I think what they're going to do is they're going to do both. I think they're going to rotate and send them out at the same time. I think they're going to have some back-to-back games probably in January, probably here in in December a little bit too, in February, where they're going to have back-to-back days. They're going to be like, all right, we're sending both of these guys out. We still have a caliber team where we can go out and win some games or compete some games. I believe this team is looking at they're going to finish with about 55, 56 wins, and they're not going to really rush this as much as they should. I think – with Paul George sitting out for this long, and I think coming back last night against a good Pelicans team, let's not dog on the Pelicans, though they're losing this season. They have a really good squad. If they had Zion, they probably would have won that game by at least 15. This team is not terrible, but this team is missing one of their superstars. Yeah, Zion is definitely out. Brandon Ingram has looked good for them. Lonzo's still not playing as well as they want him to, though. I think, uh, to keep on touching this with this Paul George thing, I just think... When you look at Paul George, he brings so much to the table. 20 points, 2 steals, 7 rebounds, 3 assists are his career averages. He brings defense. He brings another great wing defender for them as well. I I just think this is going to be interesting for the Clips how to balance this load management because you have two players that have come off of some serious injuries. Paul George basically shredded both of his shoulders. And Kawhi Leonard, though though he probably is fully healed, he still believes that quad injury of his is still severe enough for him to sit out and do load management, which is not, which which is which is a bit of a scare for me. But nonetheless, that is how he is. I think this team is talented enough to go without these in back to back games. I think the question is, is this all going to be enough for them in the playoffs? What is what is their strategy going to be in the playoffs? If you're load managing now. What if they? What if the load management backfires on you? What if you need to sit George out for a, a series or for a couple games in a series? Will this all backfire on you? And I think that's the that's the decision the Clippers got to make. Well said there. I'm glad Paul George is back. We need. It it sucks to see NBA stars out like that. Paul George had a great season last year, and I'm glad he's back. You brought up an interesting point to me a couple of days ago, and I didn't really hear about it. To me, I think this is kind of just a joke. DeMar DeRozan to the Magic. Yes, DeMar DeRozan. We so we were in class. Let's 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 bring the story. Let's bring up the backstory on this. We were in class, okay. and I was on my way to school, and I saw a report from Bleacher Report saying DeMar DeRozan is in, is being interested by the Orlando Magic, and I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of crazy there as well. You and I both, and I talked to you about it in a history class, and you looked at me. He's like, "Wait, what? Like he's getting traded to the? He might get traded to the Magic?" And here, here's my thought point. 
on two of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's how I dive it into it. One, is there something wrong with DeMar? And two, is this a desperation move by the Orlando Magic to get somewhat of a desperation to the playoffs? This is definitely a desperation move by the Magic. I have a couple takeaways from this. One is in the grand scheme of the NBA, this doesn't really matter at all. I would just like to throw that out there. But at the same time, here's what could matter. The Spurs have a playoff streak, 22 years, correct? 22 seasons in a row of making it. I think if they trade DeMar DeRozan, they're not making the playoffs. Really? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs if they trade their second best score behind Aldridge. They won't make it. And then for the Magic, I think the this is literally, I would call this the Orlando Magic problem. <laughs> I think it's better to have the worst record in the NBA than make the eight seed. And here's why. If you if you have the worst if you have the worst record in the NBA, you're pretty much guaranteed a top five pick from the draft. They are in pretty prob- good chances that player is gonna go on to be a quality starter, if not maybe an all star. And and he and to to that, just to add on to that, mm-hmm. the possible the two top picks in this draft are James Wiseman from Memphis and Cole Anthony from North Carolina, and maybe even Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball, but he, you know, you have those three picks right there. They don't need more size. They need a guard. They don't. They have Aaron Gordon and Vucevic down exactly. down and below. You need a Cole Anthony that can move the ball and score, and Cole Anthony can do both. So for the Magic, they could say they say the trade falls through and they get. DeRozan they might give up a couple pieces they would probably have to give up Jonathan Isaac and that's really not if Popovich got Jonathan Isaac that'd be really scary and then the magic they would just lose in the first round anyways you know what I mean like oh yeah Boston's beating them Philly's beating them Milwaukee's beating them the Pacers are playing really well without Victor Oladipo and so I think they would beat him too in the first round. I think there's a handful. The Heat, there's a handful of teams that would easily wipe him out in the first round. So their season would finish the same as it would without getting to DeRozan. So, so that's why that's why I feel like this is pointless. So to me, for the Spurs, this would not hurt him. I Ooh. think I think this would I think this would actually help him. I think getting rid of DeRozan and letting De, Derek White, Deontay Murray, you have. Derek White, Deontay Murray, Brian Forbes, Lonnie Walker, Patty Mills, and Marco Bellinelli as your guards. Mm-hmm. I think this would open up the scoring a little bit. I think this would open up the passing a little bit. I think DeMar DeRozan relies too much on a pick and roll. You're forcing LaMarcus Aldridge to play a different style. I think this would hurt him. And for the for the Orlando Magic, this would be a train wreck at guards. You have Markel Fultz. You have DJ Augustine. You have Marco Carter-Williams. You have Den- Darren Ross and Fournier as your guards. Mm-hmm. You're going to add another guard to that mess? <laughs> You're going to add another player you got to give the ball up to? You're going to take it away from Gordon and... And Vucevic and Isaac, come on! This is a disaster for the Magic. This would be a blessing for the Spurs. They would probably get Jonathan Isaac and DJ Augustine from this, and you would get a scorer and a good point guard that can play defense and can facilitate the ball. This would be a win for the Spurs. I think it. I don't. I'm not quite sure. I would have to see how it would play out. You would have to. Let's dive into this real quick. Yeah, let's the dive in. Knicks. Let's d- the Knicks. Oh, the man. Knicks, who are 3-9, and nine, who are still last in the Eastern Conference. They have David Fisdale as their head coach. They have Scott Perry, Steve Mills as their general manager and president of operations. And we have the wannabe James Dolan, who is a wannabe Jerry Jones in the NBA, only the New York Knicks. Jacob. It's funny the similarities between the Cowboys and the Knicks. But anyways, if I'm David Fisdale... I should want to get out of New York. I should want to be fired, honestly. Really? Because it's like almost, if you look at, all right, someone got fired from their job, you you probably look at it as like, okay, maybe they didn't do quite a good enough a job. In this case, if you look at David Fisdale getting fired by the Knicks, your only takeaway can be, well, it wasn't his fault. Well, at least he got out of the Knicks. You know what I mean? So he's not really going to be blamed for all what's going on right now. It's pretty much obvious that the Knicks held a press conference because they were doing so bad, but they should have expected it because their offseason was so bad. 
let, 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 let's dive in. Let's let's mention that real quick. You possibility of getting Zion. You don't get him. You get the Zion, Kyrie, and KD, and you ended up with Bobby Portis, Marcus Morris, Julius, Julius Randle. Julius Randle's good, but the other those other two guys. No. Nah. And the and he he breaks my heart. He was one of my players on the Bulls. Taj Gibson too. Taj. Go out and sign four power forwards. So you have 200 power forwards on your team, including Kevin Knox, who's out with an injury, and RJ Barrett, who's an upsized forward and guard. You, your only guard on this team besides Dennis Smith Jr. who's hurt is Frank Nilakina. I would say I would say that they're running Barrett at the two, and Barrett's comfortable running at the two. Here's my opinion on Scott uh, on um, David Fizdale. I will, mm-hmm. if I'm him, I don't want to get fired. I don't want to. I actually don't want to leave New York. How I would. De- I would demand an extension. Hmm. That's where I would go with this. Because guess what? If he proves that he can coach, if he proves that he can get some, I wins, don't think he can prove because he's on the Knicks. I don't think he can prove it. But here's the thing: if I'm, because look, look at from Steve Mills' perspective, he's blaming Fizdale. He's like, "Well, I got him players. I got him players. He's not doing a good job. It's the head coach. He needs to be fired." That's how he basically did it. He threw him under the bus saying it was his fault. If I'm Fizzale, I'm burning my team up saying we need some wins, and if we win, my job is saved. We can probably get Steve Mills fired, and if Masai Masai Ujiri comes in and fixes this situation, Mm -hmm. the Knicks coming back, like that would be incredible. Like To me, it has to start with James Dolan getting fired first, but imagine if Fizzale can flip this. And put it on Steve Mills and Forge Dolan to fire him and f- and hire Ujiri and actually put a good basketball team around Fizdale. Fizdale can coach. He just never had any good teams. Dolan is the owner, so no one's really gonna. You can't fire the owner. No. So he would have to. He would have to step down, and essentially, I think, I think you brought up a point about the players. Well, you remember kind of why David Fisdale was all of a sudden this like looked at coach It's because Wayne Wade and LeBron, he was an assistant coach back in Miami. And if if Fisdale gets fired, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James will come help him out and another team will pick him up. Of course. And there's no argument in that one. All right. We're skating through this. Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony's back in the NBA. He got signed by the Portland Trailblazers last night for a one-year contract. None of the money, none of the money is guaranteed. It is a six million dollar contract. It's basically a day-to-day contract. I it, never I never thought I never thought Carmelo would make it back to the league. After being out of the league for one season, he had a trip down to the south. He went to Oklahoma City for a season, did not work out, was traded to was traded to Atlanta. To Atlanta, mm-hmm. they went from the Atlanta Hawks to the Houston Rockets. Claimed off of waivers, played for them for 15 games, and then got released in October. Jacob, this is the question I'm going to pan to you: Is Carmelo Anthony coming back to the league a good thing for the league or a good thing for Carmelo? I think this is a more of a better thing for Carmelo, obviously, okay. because if his season ended like it. If his career, sorry, ended like it did last season, that'd probably be right up there with how Allen Iverson's career ended. As far totally as true. as far as just tailing off. Now Melo had kind of maybe a little bit longer of a decline, but point is this year, all Melo needs to be thinking about is okay. This is my last. This is my last chance. This is my last shot. This is my last season probably pretty much regardless just go out and ball make the most of it see how far you can get with portland um don't try to do too much and just do your thing mellow i think i i I totally agree he's and he's actually going to a good team portland is not terrible but they have some injuries Jurkic is not back zach collins is out for a little bit their bench is struggling so far they don't have any scoring they're uh kind of losing some games if carmelo anthony can come in there with cj mccollin and with Damian Lillard and take a bench roll and get some spark onto this team, I think this can wake him up. I think this can get him going, and I think Portland can make a run at trying to make the playoffs again. I don't think this is really going to make Portland, like make or break Portland, this signing. I think it'll just, he's another guy on the team. I don't think it'll help him. I don't think it'll make him too much worse. But my feeling is, if Melo's back in the league, why is Melo 
not on the Lakers, and why is KCP on the Lakers? You did pan this out to me uh, last night. I think the issue is, and we touched on this a while back when we were talking about KCP, I think it's just Carmelo coming in thinking he's still the man. Like, I know, but all right. Perfect example. Who's someone that we thought thought themselves of a man, like had a really high ego and like didn't want to accept the role on these lesser teams? Dwight Howard. That's how is true. he? How has he done this year? I don't know. The best he's done in maybe the last five years, he's fit perfectly into his role. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows that this is the best chance in his career ever to get a ring. Mello would behave the same way. I don't think so. And here's why. Well, here's here's Dwight why. Howard. Here, here was here. maybe arguably worse of a locker room presence than Mello was. And here's why I think it would be the total opposite. With Dwight Howard and LeBron James, they don't have that true connection. They're not best friends. So LeBron James stealing Dwight Howard's money or food would affect him a little bit more. It would be it would be more on Dwight Howard than it would be on LeBron James. For LeBron James and Carmelo, they're best of friends. Carmelo might walk in there cocky and ego and be like, Ugh, he's not getting rid of me. I can I can shoot only one one time in a game and get one point and have a horrible game. LeBron James would never tell them to get rid of me. This is this is to me more than just basketball. This is to me more about friendships. And I think he went mm. to a good place where mm. he doesn't have those friendship ties. He can just create his own basketball. He can just be him. He doesn't have to worry about trying to impress anybody. He just needs to go out there and play his game. If he went to Los Angeles, he would have to just be – he would sit on the bench and be like, I'm good. I don't, I don't have to do anything. LeBron James will take care of me, and he'll make sure if I'm taken care of. And I think that's the reason why Dwight Howard's behaving. He's like, well, LeBron James can pull this real quick, regardless if he's running the team or not. He can get me out of here, and I can go back to a bad basketball team, and my career might be over. Mm. Good points there. Good points. All right. We don't have a segue to go into college football. I'm going to create one, but I forgot to create one because I was just focusing on the NBA and the NFL ones. We'll have to run through college football a little quicker than the other two. We will. Here's well, Let's do it. Let's just go over the top 10. Top 10 teams in college football. LSU is number one. Ohio State's two. Clemson is three. Four is Georgia. Five is Alabama. Six is Oregon. Seven is Utah. Eight is Minnesota. Nine is Penn State. 10 is Oklahoma and the two teams sitting outside the top 10, Florida and Auburn. Jacob, do these rankings go go with your top 10? I'll, I'll give you my top 10. So my top 10 is LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Bama, Georgia, as Stephen A. calls it, Minnesota, Oregon, Oklahoma, Utah, and Penn State. That is my order. Okay. So a little, a little mix up. Uh, I think, I think Bama is better than Georgia. Okay. I think Minnesota okay. should be ranked a little bit higher. They beat Penn State for crying out loud. I think that should give them some, some credibility. Okay. Oklahoma, they had one terrible loss, but I don't think they should be at the ten spot. I think that they're okay. on on your list. Okay. So I moved them up a little bit. Oregon and Utah haven't really seen too much this year. And um, as of right now, it looks like Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU are all, I wouldn't say locks, but as close as you can get to a lock to be in the college football playoff. I see you're running through. Yeah. I'll you're run. running through your teams. All right. So here's, right. here's my top 10. And there's a little controversy in this, but I believe if everything goes right, it's gonna go my way, and I feel like it's so, gonna go so my way. So this is what you're like planning on happening, essentially. Planning on happening. Here's I, my here's, okay. here's my top ten. My top ten is one is LSU, two is Alabama, three is Clemson. What? <laughs> one one is LSU, two is Ohio State, three is Clemson. You said Bama was your two. Sorry, my bad. Okay. So one is LSU, two is Ohio State, three is Clemson, four is Baylor, five is Georgia, six is Oregon, Alabama seven, eight is. Utah, nine is Minnesota, and 10 is Oklahoma. I'm leaving Penn State and Florida on the outside. Now, I know you're looking at me with that crazy look. Why did I pick Baylor to be four? Not only are they undefeated. You Wait, you have who at four? Baylor. What? Yes. <laughs> I'm not joking about this, man. I stand by it, all right? I picked Baylor to be four because here's what I believe. If, how, how? I believe Baylor... 
this year will not only beat Oklahoma at their house. That that game is this week. Baylor versus Alabama is a night game. It's a Saturday night special game. You're saying Alabama. I mean, uh, Baylor versus Oklahoma. There you go. Baylor-Oklahoma is a special night game this week for Saturday night. Mm-hmm. If Baylor beats Oklahoma twice, wins the Big 12 championship, I believe they have a better resume than the Pac-12, who would probably be either Oregon or Utah. By that definition, I think Baylor should be the fourth team in the country. Off of speculation, mm, okay, I know that's, that. That's interesting. That's interesting. So you're be- you're betting on Baylor winning twice against Oklahoma. Winning it all. Straight from here on so, out, they go so undefeated. So they would have to beat Oklahoma, a great Oklahoma offense, twice, which I don't think they could do even once. And then even if they did manage to do that and they were a conference champion undefeated, guess what, guess what dude? Alabama is not going to have to play in the conference championship game nope. and they will finish with one loss and a just destroying teams and everyone knows it's Alabama. I don't see I don't see a way Alabama doesn't end up in the playoff. Honestly, I think it'll be it'll be Bama, Clemson, OSU and LSU. I don't think so, but I I totally understand where you're going with that. Alabama's Alabama. I hope not. I hope Baylor is at 14. The only reason that I think it's going to be Alabama is because there's there's 12 guys that are just deciding. Honestly, it's like 12 guys' opinion. They just grip, they just group them together, and I know that kind of sometimes with the committee, it's not too consistent. And so, but one thing that is consistent is Alabama is always in. And there was that year. Remember that. It was some controversy over it was either them or like Ohio State or someone who was going to get in. And Alabama, sure enough, got in. And everyone was like, oh, why did Alabama? And it shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. It, it was Alabama, OSU. Both teams were one loss. OSU won the conference championship. And a year before that, there was speculation again. OSU got in over Penn State, who won the conference championship. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's con- So they don't. This year, I think the problem with the, the committee, and I think this year they'll add it in, is conference championships. If you have to look at the conference champion, if a Baylor conference, if Baylor's a conference champion and undefeated, you have to put them over Alabama because they're undefeated and they played in a conference championship. They had that momentum. Okay. So Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow played I in. think. I think that. The only way Joe Burrow could lose the Heisman it is if somehow LSU falls in these last few games in the regular season. I don't think the conference championship game will really matter too much because he he's he's beat Auburn, he's beat Alabama, and he's beat Georgia. You beat me to the question. I was just about to ask you it. So he beat he beat those three teams. Which pretty much those three wins kind of solidify. Okay, his resume is better than anyone else, and then I don't really think there's any way unless they had some terrible loss to some team coming up that had nothing, nothing on, nothing on LSU. I think Joe Burrow's locked it up. Think about what you said there. Mm-hmm. He has a possibility of being Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia in the same year. He already did it, right? He beat Auburn, he beat Alabama, and he has a possibility to beat Georgia in the conference championship mm-hmm. for the SEC. And would win, would give LSU their their second one in the decade. They haven't won one since 2011 when they went on to win the national championship. I mean, excuse me, I think they lost, I think they won that or, or lost that. That was, that was the LSU-Alabama national championship. I can't remember who won that football game. But nonetheless, the point is, they have. he has a chance to beat three top 10 SEC football teams and steal the Heisman where we thought it was either going to be Tua Tugavailoa, Trevor Lawrence, or Jalen Hurts. No think, one was think about this. Think about this. Before the season, you didn't know, you America didn't know Joe Burrow's name. Nobody knew it. And no nobody, one knew his name. Nobody knew his name until the Texas game when he took off against Texas and he won that football game. After that, it was like, who is Joe Burrow? He, and he kept winning. He beat Florida. Okay, now we know who Joe Burrow you is. You know what I'm thinking now? How many how many backups over there at Ohio State do they have that we could bring over to our program and immediately become a Heisman <laughs> favorite? Think about that. They had JT Barrett. They had Dwayne Haskins. They had Joe Burrow. And then they have... They had um, Martell. Mart, uh, uh, Mart- they had Martell last year. Who's Martell? Tate Martell. I don't even know who Tate Martell is. Oh, what? 
You got you got you surprised me with that one. Who Tate, is Tate Martell was a quarterback from Nevada, went to Ohio State, and then transferred to Miami. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But I mean, think about that, dude. They Ohio State is like a machine with this quarterback so far, man. Mm-hmm. Jeez, and now Justin Fields. Looking at some big games coming up. Who? What are the big games coming up, Martin? Well, we got some. They're on this sheet here. Mm-hmm. I saw Penn State's playing a ranked opponent. Penn State versus Ohio State. That's going to be a noon football game coming up here on on Fox. That's going to be coming up. Woo. We got Ohio State versus. I mean, excuse me. We got. We got. I'm, I'm losing my track here. We got. I'm just. Coming off the top of my head here, I forgot to print it off. My bad, but <laughs> hold on, I'll look it up quickly. Ah, okay. College football. Indi- Indiana, Penn State's going to be a good one. Indiana seven and two, and Penn State Penn eight S- one. Okay, I'll I'll give you a run through here. Penn State is ranked nine. Indiana twenty four. Maybe these are the AP rankings. Alabama's four, taking on Michigan. No, Mississippi State. Michigan on Michigan State. That's going to be a good That's one. That's going to be a great game. Michigan's going to win that one. Wisconsin plays Nebraska. Yeah. They should win that. Florida will beat Missouri. Yes. Navy, Notre Dame. Yes, Navy, Notre two Dame. Ranked, Matt, two ranked teams. Your team, Notre Go Dame. No Irish. Ugh. <laughs> Clemson is playing Wake Forest. Now, I think Wake Forest might actually be, record-wise, their toughest opponent. Think about how funny that is. Wake Forest. And then, obviously, I think this is probably the biggest game of the day tomorrow. Georgia-Auburn. That's going to be a big one. That's going to be a big one. Um, We also mentioned it just earlier. (laughs) Oklahoma taking on Baylor. That's a a Saturday night football game on ABC. Just just running down scores, obviously, we're looking at these as fast as we can, and I apologize. I'm going to do a better job. I should have printed out a schedule. But just looking at some of these games, also we got, I mean, just. LSU cannot mess around against Mississippi, man. I'm telling you. It's going to be interesting to me. We, you know. In uh, Iowa, I was, I was known for giving great teams tough run at the end of the season. They're ranked 23rd playing Minnesota undefeated still. I, th- I think it's going to be an interesting week. I think. When you look at some of the scores and when you look at some of the games, I think this is going to all depend on who's going to be the top 10. But nonetheless, Jacob, we had another great week in here. Right, I think you're forgetting something. Oh, I am forgetting something. Jacob. My rant. Take it away. I'm going to also make a rant button. I haven't made it, but the rant button is going to be crazy and wild. I'm going to have these all ready for next week. Sweet, dude. I'll Jacob, help you out with them. I'm going to get off the mic here. Um, I think I'm turning down the right mic. Yes, I am. Jacob, you take it away for the next three minutes. Okay, so my rant is on, guess who? It's on Mr. LeBron James. <laughs> so. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. What? It's on. Can't be surprising. Before the season, you asked me, who's your MVP before the year? And I'm thinking, hmm, I could go with maybe Jokic, maybe AD, Giannis again. And then I remembered, who's the guy I pick every year? LeBron James for my 2020 MVP. Boy, do I look right so far. 9-2 and two start to the season. First in the West, last 10 games, they're 9-1. and one. Now, a 9-2, and two, in analytics, they'll take like a 10-game sample size. That's kind of what they did with Carmelo before they cut him. 9-2, and two, I know it's the beginning of the season, but you know what pace that is? That's a 67 win pace. I expect them to win under 60 games, however. But this year, LeBron, what do he say? Washed king. Hashtag washed king. He's proven the haters wrong, man. Other storylines I feel like may, may be taking away from LeBron a little bit. And his points are down this year to 23.9 from 27.1, which is his career average. But regardless, this man is leading the league in assists per game. 11.1, eight boards. When did Michael Jordan lead the league in assists? Oh, wait, he didn't. And LeBron probably will do it. When the Lakers win the chip this year, I think they'll win it. 
LeBron's case for GOAT will be even stronger, almost undeniable. Right now, just watching watching LeBron run out, Martin's putting his headset back on, watching LeBron run around, he's playing the best defense he has since 2013 when he almost, when he should have, won the Defensive Player of the Year award. I'm not used to seeing a LeBron James play defense like this in the last couple of years. He's blocking shots, getting steals, and most of all, what I've noticed is his off-ball discipline. He, he's not he's not lazy. He's not just going for steals like a free safety. He knows he needs to guard his man, but look to see where the ball is at the same time. And he's challenging shots. But I do have some c- critiques of LeBron James. Free throws. You started out good, but now you're down to uh, .686, so like 69%. You need to be back above 75% from the line, LeBron, because I can see it's affecting the way you play the game. Another critique, at the beginning and in clutch situations of games, you need to assert yourself more on the scoring end. You can't be afraid to drive to the rim at the end of the game thinking, oh, you might miss this free throw. But at the end of the day, if the season ended today, LeBron James is the MVP, And the only one stopping him for the rest of the season from winning MVP is health, knock on wood, and Anthony Davis' campaign. Because having AD as his teammate might actually hurt his chances. Jacob, I got to say, I love Durant, man. That was a good one. That was a good one. This is the Martin and Jacob podcast here at the Radio Dixie 91.3 headquarters. We're in the podcast room having fun here. This is the fifth episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We are still in construction with all of our social media stuff. It's going to get done. It's going to get done this weekend. We're going to get close to it as close as we can, but construction is underway. We're in a process where it is going to be done. And also we might, we haven't really talked too much about this, but we might explore with bringing on some guests for maybe like a segment or so. I love it. Let's do it. Let's Let's bring on guests. Let's bring on some guys who want to also talk about it. I love another voice here on the podcast. There's room. There's room in this room. (laughs) Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Again, the Martin and Jacob podcast here in the Radio Dixie 91.3 headquarters in the podcast room. Thank you for tuning in.